This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. It's a very exciting day here on the Mark Madden Podcast, on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, because we're just hours away from the NFL draft, but we can't talk about who ain't been drafted yet, so we're going to do a draft of our own. Today, Tim Benz and I are going to draft the quarterbacks in the AFC, which uh, now includes Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets, and this draft might get you to understand what the Steelers are really up against, but probably not. So, Tim, uh, you go first. You are on the clock. The draft of AFC quarterbacks commences. Before we do that, what did we used to draft at the old 1250 days? Remember you used to have a draft every year? Did you switch topics of what you drafted? No, no, we had the women's NFL draft. Oh, that's what it was, yes. Which I'm not sure you could do today, (laughs) but uh, a typical pick. uh, We had callers make picks, too. Right. One pick I made, which was typically... Uh, of the ilk that you couldn't really do today. I drafted on the Kornikova. I said, I wasn't sure where I'd use her, but I'd like to try her out in a bunch of different positions. And then somebody called, the best draft pick ever was Dave Smith, uh, the, the retired sports writer who's now doing a weekly baseball segment with me. Dave Smith and I used to do it. And we were overwhelmed by laughter when a caller picked wide receiver Mary Jo Buttafuoco willing to go over the middle and take a shot to the head. <laughs> So uh, that's that's what that was all about. But Tim, uh, like I said, you're on the clock. Go. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes first. I think Gutsy that one pick. is yeah, I know, really bold there. Um, there's no reason to outthink yourself on this. He's by far and away the best quarterback. Um, I understand why people might go with Burrow and Allen, or maybe I would have thought that was uh, more acceptable a year ago. But I think Mahomes cemented himself last year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, are you one of those who thinks he's among the best two or three quarterbacks ever already? Not sir- yet, no, no. You know what? I'd like to say no, but he's had the best five years, the best first five years of any quarterback ever. That's true, but I do think a lot about quarterbacking is longevity more than other positions because the game is so geared to keep the quarterbacks healthy for a long period of time. So I'm not ready to say he's top five ever if he falls off a cliff right now, but I don't see that happening. I, I you know, One thing to watch about him is I will be interested to see how he ages uh, because the nimble footwork is so much a part of his game. Uh, I think he's terrific. I think the arm angle stuff, where he can deliver passes from anywhere with accuracy and velocity is just incredible. So at pick number two, I would think this is fairly obvious too. Uh, from Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. Equally bold. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I have my board of top uh, 13 picks. I'll be shocked if they don't fall exactly as I have written down. 
But Joe Burrow, to me, plays a lot like Mahomes. He's just a little bit worse. I mean, what distinguishes the two, really? I think that Mahomes' feet and movement out of the pocket might be more dynamic than Burrow. I think he chooses, It's more decisive. I think he chooses... He has a plan. To, yeah, he chooses to use it more often. But then again, I also think he runs himself into better lanes than Burrow has present because of the offensive line. Um, and I think that Burrow wants to hang in the pocket a little bit longer because he's got multiple weapons down the field that he wants to get the ball to. Like I think he's very conscious and cognizant of keeping Boyd, Higgins, and Chase all happy. So I think he hangs in for an extra tick or two more often than Mahomes might. Well, you, you've heard me say that uh, I would draft a new quarterback every five years. I would never give a guy a second contract because you know the cap hit wrecks the rest of your team. Uh, now, that said, I would extend him a Holmes or a Burrow, a guy like that. But when Burrow gets his contract, those weapons are going to disappear. It, it's a catch-22. Or a drop-22 for whoever comes in for him. Because, yeah, I saw an article uh, before the start of kind of the height of draft season focusing on the Bengals, and they're not sure what they're going to be able to do with Higgins, and they might even be looking for a replacement for Boyd right now, and Boyd might become a cap casualty if they find a good slot receiver. And, and there are some good slots that you can get in like the second, third round of this year's draft. Okay, Tim, you pick at number three. Who you got? I'm going to go with Allen from Buffalo. I'm three for three. But I actually, this one is a little bit closer. than I, I thought about this a little longer. I gave myself some time to stew to see if I wanted to elevate Lawrence, but I'm going to stick with Josh Allen as my third guy. I think the leap from year two to year three for Lawrence might be more dynamic than the leap from year one to year two. Um, It's easy to kind of say that it's going to be a gradual increase for Lawrence now because the team got so much better in one year. Then again, the division was just bad. Uh, I think... Lawrence really just scratched the surface. I think there's more to be had this year, and I think people are going to be surprised how much he still grows in one more season. Does Allen have the best pure arm of the quarterbacks in the AFC, or do I just think that because he looks the part more than anybody? I think he's got the strongest arm, but I still think you know the way it comes out of his hand and the velocity from, like you said, all the different angles, that still goes to Mahomes. I think, let me put it this way, Mark, I think Mahomes throws a better ball more often than Allen does. Yeah, I, I think that's fair, but I, I don't know. Allen just looks the part. That's why when people talk about that rumor that uh, Carolina's going to take Will Leffes with the first pick, I don't think they will, but I don't totally dismiss it either because Frank Reich likes that kind of quarterback. Look at you know his work with Andrew Luck. The big, strong QB who looks like a QB should look, and then you polish him. You can't teach uh, uh, Bryce Young to grow. You can polish Will Leffes. If somebody can figure out how to teach Bryce Young to grow, let me know who that is, and I'll try to catch up with them. I've been trying the Bobby Brady trick for too many years, and it's not happening. Too late for you, pal. Now, I uh, debated this one long and loud. Not that loud, because I don't talk to myself. But Clipper's I, there. She can I, I help. Went, I went with Trevor Lawrence. So did I. Uh, he has all the tools. He's living up to his pedigree. He's in a weak division. I don't like his hair. It bothers me. But, uh, but I... I agree with you. I think his jump from, from year two to year three is going to be uh, big. I looked at the Lawrence Herbert thing, so I'll, I guess I'll give away my next one. I'm going to say Herbert uh, for the Chargers. So is that who you had at five or no? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I've got him at five, and he'll be my third quarterback. 
I just think it's time for him to do something with all the tools that he has. I, I, you know what I have here on my uh, on my uh, big board, Tim? Tired of waiting for him to win and do more. And I think Lawrence is getting there faster than Herbert. I, think I do too. Herbert's shown the tools. It's just time to do something with them, and he hasn't yet. But I still am going to put him fifth in front of the next pack. I've got like a couple of cut lines here. I've got a cut line under Allen. I got a cut line under Herbert. I got a cut line under eight and under thirteen. It's funny you said thirteen because I think you can identify thirteen quarterbacks, I guess, and then the last three are just teams that are in a mess. Correct. I I agree with that. Uh, thirteen is my magic number as well. Um, my next pick is Aaron Rodgers. Okay, I had him six because we're picking for right now, right now, and the Jets do have a decent team. They have some pretty good offensive weapons. I don't think they're going to win a playoff game. They might not even make the playoffs, but I think they will be considerably better for having Aaron Rodgers over Zach Wilson, needless to say. Although, I wouldn't give up too quick on Zach Wilson. I'd keep him around for after Aaron Rodgers to see exactly how he develops. I mean, look at and Danny Dimes and how long it took him to come good. But uh, my big question about Aaron Rodgers is, is he going to be at the facility is he going to be watching film with the receivers? Is he going to be at OTAs? Or is he just going to show up and be Aaron Rodgers, you know, when he has to? I don't have an answer to that, but I know it's going to be a lot harder to be Aaron Rodgers, not be at the facility, not be working, and have that stick out in Manhattan or New York, depending on where he lives. But because you'll be seen, you'll be noticed. Whereas in Green Bay, I think you can just hang out. Well, and that media. Yeah, that media is gonna. I mean, the best battle in the NFL this year could be Aaron Rodgers and the New York media, and I know who I'm rooting for. <laughs> Rare for the first time, maybe the New York media. Okay, uh, so who, like, let me follow up on your Zach Wilson point here, without giving away too much, and I don't think we are. But if you took Zach Wilson and you put him on any of those three teams that we have at the bottom, would any of those three teams be elevated? Probably not. Me either, but it'd probably be close. not right away. We'll circle well, back me, to that. Well, thought, let me but... ask you this: Who would you rather have in terms of long-term future, Zach Wilson or Kenny Pickett? I'd rather have Pickett. I probably would, but I would think about it if the choice actually came down to that. I mean, Zach Wilson is a number two pick overall, who's only played two years. I think he's very toolsy, but not toolsy with the quarterback build and head that. Allen had and just needed to grow into. You know, I, I, th- I think that's true. You know, I think people said that about Allen too, but I think there was more to work with with Allen. Okay, Tim, you're up at number seven. Who you got? This was a toss up for me between Jackson and Watson. I don't know if that's the guys. Same that you for had. me. I went with Jackson. Okay, that makes my next pick easy because okay. I would have gone with Watson. All right, so we basically just got we flip flopped the last two picks here. Yes, yes, and and like with Watson, like I, I take him at number eight. He's still pretty highly regarded, and he's only 27, and all his problems that kept him off the field were of his own making, but now he's navigated through those at long last, and I bet he still comes up big. I I bet Cleveland won't be a playoff contender, but I bet they're a real hard team to beat. There's two buy-ins that you have to have for Jackson and Watson. You either have to buy in and theoretically analyze Jackson as if he's going to come back healthy from the injury and play with Baltimore. And with Watson, you got to theoretically buy in that 
what wasn't able to be figured out in the last five weeks when he came back in Cleveland will be able to be figured out during an entire offseason. I'm more apt to believe that Jackson can come back healthy than everything is going to fit in Cleveland. So that's why I went with Jackson over Watson. Yeah, uh, I went with Watson over Jackson because everything Ben said about Jackson was true. He's never going to beat a good team in a big game. He's never going to pick you apart from the pocket. Probably not, uh, but I don't know that Watson's, you know, Watson's sort of in that Herbert mold where you got to do something too eventually. No question. But but I think I mean at least he's got well I think moving forward he's more likely to do it than Lamar Jackson. I think when Lamar Jackson's uh career is over, he'll have had the MVP year and everything else will pale by comparison and he'll be hurt a lot too. Just, well, the, how much do you think injury is going to factor into that part of the analysis? A, a ton, right? Yeah, I mean I I just and that's why I wouldn't give him the big money, Tim. What he wants. I mean, nobody should get what he wants. Deshaun Watson shouldn't have. And it's ironic we have those two packed together in our draft for for that reason. Um, Okay, who you got at number nine? Yeah, so, all right, so the top eight, basically, we were in lockstep for the first three, and then we just flip-flopped from there. Where four was five, where five was four for the two of us. Correct. And so forth. So, now we get to where we probably will disagree some, I think, because this is where I'm going to put Pickett. I'm going to put Pickett at nine. Really? Yeah. I, I don't see how you do that, but go ahead. Why? Because I'm, if I'm willing to believe that Watson is going to be a tick better because things are going to coalesce in Cleveland. No, I'm believing Watson's going to be a lot better. You know, I think Pickett... That doesn't mean the Steelers can't you know beat the Browns or finish ahead of them, but Watson will be a much better quarterback than Pickett. Much better? Yes. <sighs> I think Pickett will grow. I thought we saw from him in the second half that he was understanding how to be an NFL quarterback better. His stats stink. His stats weren't good, but I don't think No, he no, was, they stink. They weren't. I, how much was he allowed to show that he could be better? Tim, you're sounding like a caller. Oh, it was Matt Canada's fault when he does bad, but he did good because he did good. I don't think... No, I think they were... A, a non-playoff bad offense collectively. Well, that's true. But I don't think that they were smart in allowing him to take on a bigger bite of the pie in the last quarter of the season. Maybe the last half of the season. Who would you rather have, Kenny Pickett or Danny Dimes? Pickett, I've never been a believer in Jones. Uh, really? Yeah. After the season he had? I thought he showed more growth than I anticipated last year, but I, I think that might be capped. I don't Really like that contract. Well, you kind of ruined the concept of the draft, Tim, by taking Pickett earlier than I thought, but my next pick would be uh, Jimmy G. See, I got Jimmy G as 10. And, and I don't see how you can pick Kenny Pickett over Jimmy G. Jimmy G's been in a Super Bowl, played in an additional conference championship. Now, how he fits at Vegas will be, you know, to be seen, but, uh, yeah, but, but he, he's, he's done some things. Yeah, he's also been hurt a lot, like Lamar Jackson has. Kenny Pickett just had two concussions. Right, but he hasn't missed entire chunks of seasons. We'll see. You know. I mean, I, I get it. I, I'm worried about the concussions, too. But, you know, it's part of the reason why I have Tua down a little bit lower because his concussions have been more severe and he's missed more time as a result. Is Tua your next pick? Uh, actually, Russell Wilson is the next pick. Really? That's interesting. Do you think he's going to bounce back? I think a lot of that had to do with coaching. I think as dramatic as it was had to do with coaching. Um, I, I think he's washed personally. I thought it was too much to give up to get him in the first place. Uh, but I do think it will be better than what we saw a season ago, yes. Okay, uh, my next pick is Tua. 
And, and as you just said, I'd have him higher up the list if not for all the concussions. I like his field sense. He makes he puts himself at risk, but he makes good decisions on the run. Yeah, he does. And, you know, we saw when he was healthy and upright some growth, but I've just never quite had the buy-in that he's going to make the most of the weapons that they tried to put around him. Like I think I think a lot of these other quarterbacks that are in front of him would get more out of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Uh that's that's fair. I don't disagree with that. Okay, Tim, uh, who's your who's... So I guess my third I'm up to 13 now, right? Right. We're only going to pick 14 because I don't want to start picking guys I've never heard of. <laughs> well, that and might not exist, right? Because I think the last two teams just don't have a quarterback at all. But I guess I'll go with Mac Jones then as my last pick. You know, I would have had Mac Jones higher than Kenny Pickett if Mac Jones wasn't at odds with Bill Belichick. I think Mac Jones is a real good game manager. And I, I like the Alabama thing. I like the, the football factory thing. So then your place for Pickett, I had him at ninth. You'd have him at 12th then, I guess. I had him at 13th. Oh, 13th. Okay. Yeah, I have Mac Jones below him. But my last pick in the draft, I also have ahead of Pickett, and that's Tannehill. I just think Tannehill's done. He may be. That, I give you, he may be. But he's very steady and consistent. He's good at managing games. Do you think Tennessee starts him this year? I heard they might draft another quarterback after taking Liberty Biberty just last year. Yeah, that for a while I was sort of amazed by that because you just drafted a quarterback. But then again, I was thinking, I was thinking that way from the lens of we talked about him as a first rounder for so many weeks in Pittsburgh. They didn't. They just took him because he was there in the third. So they don't have the commitment to him. Uh, you took a chance in a third-round pick that was a quarterback. If it doesn't work out, you let him go. They could also keep him around as a third guy if they wanted to. Mason but, Rudolph. Yeah, I've exactly. I've I've heard what you've heard, that um, they might be in the quarterback market right now. I And the reason I have Tannehill as low as I do, like after Tua, after Mac Jones, I've got him down there because I just think they became so scheme-heavy on Derrick Henley, Henry. I think they coached the momentum out of Tannehill. Tannehill was on the rise there for a couple years. I think they coached years. the momentum out of their offense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, hey, Derrick Henry's great, and I get it, but... It's not that kind of league. They made themselves believe that they could win without Tannehill. They diminished their own opinion of him, I think, and part of the reason why they brought Malik Willis in there, and I think it's all crumbling. Now, now you're hearing about Derrick Henry maybe being on the trade block. So Now, I, I know this draft has made it look like I'm dying on Kenny Pickett. I'm not. I'm just trying to be realistic. I... I think his stats last year were terrible. Specifically, he was 33rd in passer rating. He was 30th in yards per game. He threw seven touchdowns against nine picks. He never had two touchdown passes in a game. I had a caller, Tim, say that Kenny Pickett went toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow. Yeah, except Joe Burrow had four touchdown passes, and Kenny Pickett had one in that particular game. I think all Kenny Pickett had going for him is those two drives, which have allowed people to proclaim he has the it factor, and that's fine, but I think too much is being assumed about him leaping forward in his second year. You know, the it factor thing is such an intangible, and we were going to say that whether they were a nine-win team or a four-win team. We were just going to say that and believe it until he was done with the Steelers. You know, it's just something we kind of spoke into existence. I mean, I, I think there's some legitimacy to it, but I'm not going to hang my hat on it when analyzing. I think the two things, those two wins against Baltimore and Vegas. And I'm not saying they're meaningless or that those drives are meaningless. I just don't think they're be all end all in projecting where he's headed. I th- what I took away tangibly more from that, aside from the it factor thing or the clutch thing, was that made me believe that 
when there was more to be done, if they give him more to do now, coming up this season, he'll be able to do it. You know, not not to the degree that he's better than the first eight guys that we went through, but maybe good enough to be the last wild card team. Or well, the only of the guys we talked about, the only guys like you picked him ninth, right? I picked him ninth, right? Okay, now. Let, yeah. Uh, the guys above him, the eight we agree that are above him, they're definitely above him. I think below that it starts to crap shoot out a little bit. I need to see Pickett handle the broader menu and handle the bigger playbook before I'm ready to assume that he's going to be in front of any of these guys. But I think the the ceiling, the potential is there for him to be in the mix with Lawrence and Herbert. Who would you rather have, Kenny Pickett or Baker Bayfield? For this year? Uh, I'd still take Pickett for this year. Really? Yeah. Because I think you're seeing the decline of Mayfield, and I think you're hoping to see the ascent from Pickett. I think Pickett. Mayfield got screwed. We'll find out because I don't think he's going to have much to work with in L.A. How about uh, he's with Tampa now? Oh, sorry, with, oh, that's right. He's with Tampa. My bad. Uh, Kenny Pickett or Geno Smith? Uh, for this year, based on what I saw last year from Geno, probably Geno. Is Rodgers a lock to get the Jets in the playoffs? I no. think they might make the playoffs. I don't think they'll win a playoff game. Like I don't think Rodgers beats Mahomes or Burrow or Allen or probably not even no, Lawrence. I don't think there's a Although a good matchup would be if the Jets got the top wild card and played Jacksonville in the first round. Let me put it this way. I'm more convinced about the top four teams winning their divisions than I am any other team getting any spot in the top no seven. No question. You know what I mean by that? Like, I, I'm way Kansas more... Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, Jacksonville are winning their divisions. Right. I feel way more confident in saying that than saying, oh, the Ravens will get one of seven spots. I just, I don't see it that way. So, I think if you're looking at Baltimore, Cleveland... Pittsburgh, the Jets, the Raiders. Like, I don't give any one of those teams all that much more or less of a chance of being one of the three wild cards than anybody else. Yeah, and I think the Steelers are in with a chance. I mean, I don't I don't think they're anything resembling a definite, but but I, I think they can I think they can get to the playoffs. I I think what would happen would be what happened a couple years back, the Kansas City would kill them. I think this year they're probably a 10-win team. They were a 9-win team last year. They're probably at least a win better. And for as much as I do think that Pickett can improve, I also have to take with a grain of salt, a big one, how they got to 7-2 and two in the back half of that season. Um, that was a terrible schedule that they played. Um, you know, you, you can't forget that they played the Ravens twice without Lamar and still lost once. You can't forget that the other loss came against Cincinnati, the other good team that they played. Um, so the, you know, he's going to have to play, hopefully... And should have lost the first game to Cincinnati. I mean, the, the long snapper getting hurt, come on. Yeah, exactly. And, well, that was a Trubisky game anyway, but... Um, right, that's if, true. If Pickett is going to play 17 games this season, the bulk of them aren't going to be as easily beatable opponents is the nine that they faced in the back half after the bye. Now, before we wrap up, Tim, I want to talk a little bit about Brian Reynolds and his new contract. Did Reynolds come on the cheap? I mean, his average annual value is $13 million plus. The deal's backloaded. He can't opt out as he wanted to get. His no-trade clause is very limited, six teams. I was surprised how much he came down and how much he gave in. So did I. Uh, you know, that said, I think if you get too much more north of what he signed for, then maybe if you're the Pirates, you're overpaying for the player, if not overpaying against the market. Like, the market 
suggests it's a great value. If I'm him, I would not have come below 15 or 16 million average annual value. I look at a guy like Brandon Nimmo with the Mets, who who Reynolds is often compared to. Mm-hmm. His average annual value is 20.5 million, seven million more than Reynolds. Yeah, I, I think that was partially New York inflation based there, but. So Reynolds could go to New York. In fact, I think he may someday. He, he, he might eventually. Yeah, you're right. Um, no, but I, I think I don't know why he came down the way he did. To be honest with you, um, unless this is just I want to get it now. I want to get my 100 million and put it in the bank and get stuff like the arbitration out of the way because that can get nasty and embarrassing. You know, I can understand wanting to get it done. I think his personality is such that he really doesn't like to be the center of controversial attention. I think it was bothering him that he was being talked about so much from a contractual standpoint and not a ball player standpoint this year, and that was wearing on him. So maybe, yeah, that part of it he wanted to get done and just got sick of it. From the team standpoint, though, him buying in to the Pirates for the discount that he gave to stay is surprising. Well, here's how I see it. Reynolds is a rare player who's getting paid what he's worth. So That's many guys saying, are getting yeah. so much more than they're worth. Like you said, Nimmo at $20.5 million average annual value. That's too much. I mean, New York inflation duly noted. Uh, Reynolds is a very good player. He's no superstar. A very good player getting very good player money. That's why I was saying earlier I thought that they could go north more on the contract and still be okay against the market value of what Reynolds is. But I think what he's getting paid per year is closer to what his real value is to a team. That's what I mean. Yeah. And to this to the pirates, it's probably a little bit more than that because of the cachet of just breaking you know, that that glass ceiling of a hundred million dollars. And finally keeping your and perceived keeping your best guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. So even if they had gone a little bit north of that for him personally, I still think they would have gotten more reward because of what it means to the fan base and what it means for PR. Like I say about all these contracts, he's guaranteed $106.75 million, correct? It is impossible for him to be ever broke. It is impossible for him to be ever unhappy. Just impossible. He could be unhappy if they go back to their losing ways and he's kind of trapped here and never with a chance of going to the playoffs, but... Oh, he could be like Scrooge McDuck, you know, <laughs> swimming in the in the in the big swimming pool full of money and jewelry. He could be like Motley Crue drowning in Krell if, if that's his thing. He's he's got a, a ton of dough. I don't think it is. He doesn't strike me as a Krell guy. <laughs> oh, give him time. Let's see how good the parts. I mean, right now, good start. But is it easy to see Reynolds getting traded when his bigger money kicks in? You know, he gets $15, 16000000 million at some point, especially if the Pirates aren't great. Yeah. Because the Pirates did trade Kutch help sure you know, for Brian Reynolds. Yeah. And, you know, they traded Garrett Cole, and much better players than Brian Reynolds have been traded. Um, you know, I don't know what the six-team option really is. Uh, you know, that has not been made public. But uh, I think if the time comes and there's not a team that's currently on the list and that team is good and playoff worthy, I, I could see him waving that. What, the no trade? Yeah. Well, yeah, but don't forget, there are only six teams he can't be traded to. Yeah. That means there's 24 he can't. Well, 23. I wondered when I heard about the no trade, if his agent, his agent, I'm not sure who it is. It's obviously not Scott Boris because he not would, <laughs> would not have settled for that dollar figure. Lamar Jackson's mom. But uh, no, should, he'd still be holding out. Um, <laughs> Uh, when when I heard about the six-team no-trade clause, 
I would assume his agent's so used to picking the Pirates for every other client that he just will pick the Pirates again. I can't think of a seventh team. Um, this contract strikes me as the closest the Pirates will come to trying to win. Yes, unless O'Neill Cruz comes back from the injury huge and lives up to his potential, and then that will be the next test. If they keep him. Yeah. That will be that will be even more of a test than Reynolds. Well, you, you know where they got lucky with Reynolds? Is that obviously he wants to stay. I mean, will O'Neill Cruz want to stay? We have no way of knowing, but most people don't. Then again, I, I mean, Tim, you know, like back when Garrett Cole couldn't wait to get out of here. Right. Couldn't wait. Then again, I I didn't expect Marte to sign for what he signed for the first time. I didn't expect uh, Polanco to sign for what he signed for for the first time. I didn't expect Kutch to sign what he signed for for the first time. So maybe Cruz will surprise us. Pirates are off to a real good start. Are they for real? I think the speed thing is definitely for real. I think they can be for real enough to get over 500, and if you're over 500, that's for real enough to hang in the wild card race. Well, see, I think they're going to go over 500, and that's a big statement to make this early in the year, but I think they built themselves enough of a cushion, and I don't think they're, they could you know see their play be so bad at any point where they just blow that whole cushion. I still think it could because I saw what happened in 2012 where it didn't look like it was humanly possible for them to finish below 500, and they still did. This is going to sound real cornball, but they didn't have a veteran leader like uh, Kutch then. Kutch's magic touch, I mean, everybody says it, and I see it. Like, this team thinks it's going to win, even when I don't. One thing I'll give them is they have really figured out the base running element under the new rules, maybe better than any other team. And the pitch clock stuff, too. Their rhythm and and their pace – is right in line with what the pitch clock dictates. They're never uncomfortable, not on the mound, not in the batter's box. I wrote about this uh, earlier this week in the Trib. Derek Shelton talked about it too, is that one thing that they're, they've been proven right about so far, and they said in spring training a lot, is with as many guys that are being called up from the minors that have worked with the pitch clock before, this is not new to them. Like, they actually have an advantage point. there. Whereas some of the big market teams with more veterans and players that have not been in the minor leagues for a while, they're still grousing about it. They're still balking at it. They're, it's in their head. Whereas for the younger guys who have just come up from the minors, I think that plays a role in why like the Diamondbacks were in first place for a while. Uh, you know, Maybe the Twins, the Rangers, some of these guys that have you know, injected some change into their lineups. I think that's got something to do with their success too. Yeah, and I like that the Pirate pitchers get ready to pitch real quick. And it like it's the batter in there, like they're controlling the batter. You know, that's the best thing about these rule changes in general. The batter would always try to disrupt rhythm, okay, with the gloves and stepping in, stepping out. And that disrupted the rhythm of me watching, as in I flip over to a sitcom. I watch more baseball now, not just the Pirates, but I watch more baseball than I have in years because the game has an entertaining pace and rhythm. It's amazing everything that's been accomplished. Well, and I know you're probably in here already and didn't get a chance to see or hear it, but the the first inning of today's game, the Pirates stole three bases in the first inning. They had a double steal, and then Sawinski stole two. You know, their whole they got three runs back after. People go- want to see running around. They want to see the outfielders chasing the ball. They want to see guys running the bases, and it's with the purpose too, because like Tupacita Macarno, the the leadoff guy, bunted with two strikes. He laid down a two-strike bunt and wound up on third base because they threw it away. 
And then they got two more guys on, Kutch and whoever was batting second in front of them. Uh, they did oh, they did a double steal. Reynolds. Reynolds and Kutch did a double steal. It resulted in a sack fly. And then Sawinski came up and blooped one, and Kutch scored from third. And the stealing thing, the running thing, has given them an identity. Yeah, this Brock guy, who's their first base coach, Tarek Brock, who's uh, like his kid is a track star at TCU, and he learned all these track tips. Like he's teaching them how to run, and it's working. They should get Jason Sudeikis. He coached uh, Jesse Owens in that movie Race. <laughs> I didn't see that. Was that before he became a soccer coach? Uh, I think it was like right kind of going back and forth. That's Tim Benz. I'm Mark Madden. Uh, bet now from anywhere. This is the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Catch new episodes of Mark Madden Unfiltered every week. Available on the Bet Rivers Network, betrivers.com, and wherever you find your podcasts.